Hello and welcome to Shogo's podcast. So today everyone, I need a little bit of your help. Uh, this podcast, I want to uh, practice the next Shogo's classroom video filming. Uh, so on every second Saturday and the fourth Sunday, I always do the recording for Shogo's classroom. I, I just said I always do, but I've only done once yet. But anyways, the next one is going to be the um, the second Saturday, which from the point I'm recording this right now is going to be in about uh, just two days. Today's a Thursday when I'm recording this. So I wanted to um, practice the next theme I'm going to be talking about here in the podcast in advance so I could uh, have a little bit more confidence on Saturday. Um, of course, I uh, use speak English. I uh, practice this in advance, but the feeling of if I'm actually going to be having someone listening to it or not completely changes um, how I speak and how I act. So yes, I just wanted to kind of make uh, make this into a shorter version and kind of uh, see if um, the new whiteboard that I've made, you know, how do we always makes the whiteboard for me, if it's um, functioning well or not inside. So today's uh, theme, by the way, this week's theme is the history of samurai. So basically, if you try to understand the history of samurai, um, basically you understand Japanese history because for what, for three-fourths of Japanese history, samurai has basically been the main character, you know. So if you understand the history of samurai, you can understand the history of, ja of Japan. So I thought maybe this kind of, uh, what should I say, broad but important um, theme is something I can do in my Shogo's classroom video series, so I'm going to be quickly uh, introducing this to you. So I unfortunately can't show you the whiteboard right now. Um, I'll still keep it, I guess I'll keep it a secret until I actually make the real video. But basically I divided the four, um, the history of Samurai into four sections, just like in my um, my first I'm sure with classroom video, how I divide it into four sections. The number one is the Heian period, birth of samurai. Number two is Kamakura Muromachi period, samurai obtained power. Number three is the Sengoku period, samurai fight over Japan. And four is the Edo period, samurai rule Japan. So let's start from number one, the Heian period, birth of Japan. So in order to first of all understand how samurai were born, we need to first of all understand how Japan itself was born in the first place. So Japan, if we start from the most ancient, the oldest time era, it was called the Jomon era. And also the second one was Yayoi. So the Jomon and Yayoi were the oldest time periods that exist in Japanese history. But basically the difference between Jomon and Yayoi, first of all, Jomon is much longer than Yayoi, but Jomon was the hunting and gathering era, hunting and gathering era. And then Yayoi period was when um, Japan started actually making crops themselves. So basically, uh, making rice, you know, harvesting rice is this is when Yayoi period started, basically. So this difference is very important. Now, the reason why that timing when Japan started making rice or crops himself is so important is because this is when the rich and poor was born. The Jomon period is believed to, could have been longer than 10,000 years, but it's believed that there was hardly any wars at that time because 
basically you go and hunt you go and gather there is no difference between not much difference between the rich and poor but once you start making crops you start living in one place and once you start making crops there will be a difference in rich and poor because it depends on how much resources you have, right? Yeah. So from the Yayoi period, there's there started to be some small, basically, countries and tribes, you know, all over Japan, and they started to fight each other. So this is when war started in Japan. And from here, all the small countries started to um, create one strong administration, and that was called the Yamato administration. Yamato administration was basically the first unified um, government it was kind of like a like all the leaders coming together to create one administration kind of thing. And of course, this eventually, the top leader of this administration eventually becomes the imperial family today, the emperor today, basically. And when they created this huge power, this the biggest power in Japan, they needed a system to try to control whole Japan, right? And when they were doing that, they needed a land system, basically, to try to control the amount of land that people can have and basically make them pay taxes to run the country. Yep. And eventually, they struggled a lot with making this system. They uh, said that the land is ours, but we're basically, you know, lending it to you. Yeah, and they just uh, taxed the people with a lot, with heavy taxes. And they said, no, I'm not going to be staying here anymore. I'm leaving. And they started just running away into the mountains. And uh, it didn't work. And they, had, they changed the system over and over. And eventually, they get, got to the point where they said, okay, okay, so... We need you to make crops and we need you to pay taxes. And how about we say, if you cultivate the land yourself, the land will be yours. But you will have to pay taxes for us kind of thing. So the more land you cultivate yourself, the land, the more land you had, basically. And if you pay the taxes. So everyone, you know, that's really beneficial for the people who um, want who are on the commoner side, right? Because the more land they cultivate, that's theirs. So they went around and they got all the land. And of course, the rich people um, were able to get more land. And the more, if one person has a huge patch of land, they need someone to protect it, right? Because eventually some other person might come over and just steal their land. So this is when samurai were born for the first time. Again, samurai, it, this noun was born from a verb called sabra, which means to serve, to serve. So basically, um, to make a long story short, samurai were first born as bodyguards or people who protected the lands of the aristocrats. Yeah. So the, this is how the warriors in Japan were born. And from there, the samurai started to gain more and more power because the aristocrats basically often fought each other to be the next emperor or to have more power and such. And basically, what was their, um, what should I say, the power, the Mm, how to decide which aristocrat you know is stronger than the other was basically how strong your samurai were how, how strong your warriors were so the aristocrats in order for them to to basically uh, win against the battles between other aristocrats they gave more power and more power to the samurai and then eventually the samurai were like well we are this strong why do we have to listen to the aristocrats in the first place Right, because they are barbaric men in the first place, you know, with fighting skills. Why do we have to listen to you guys in the first place, right? And this is where it changes into section two, Kamakura Muromachi period, samurai obtain power. So there were a lot of uh, samurai clans already at that timing with a lot of power. And the first two samurai clans that fought each other was, was Heiji and, and uh, Genji Heiji, or two 
families. Basically, uh, it's really hard to say this in English because Genji and Heiji have different ways of uh, reading them. If you read their last names individually, it will be Minamoto and Taira. But when you put the, uh, basically, this is the last name kanji together, it would be read Genji and Heiji. So it's read completely different, right? But anyways, so these were the two most powerful samurai clans that fought each other overpowered in the beginning. And eventually, the first, the Heike side, Heike side, the Taira side, was stronger than the Minamoto side. But eventually, the Minamoto side uh, took over power. They defeated the Taira clan, and they started the Kamakura Shogunate, the samurai um, government for the first time. And from there, the samurai rule began. The shogunate basically was a system where they got the privileges to rule Japan from the imperial family. Mm -hmm. And the Kamakura was built in Kamakura, in a place called Kamakura, so that would be near the Kanto region near Tokyo. Yeah. So this is when the samurai rule started. Um, there's different theories, but it's believed that the Kamakura shogunate started in 1185. Yep. And then from there, the samurai rule started. Everything seemed great, right? All right, this is working well, but the really, really big problem helps, happens from here, and that is the Mongolian invasion. So Japan did survive the Mongolian invasion, but unfortunately, it did lead to the Kamakura shogunate, the first samurai shogunate, to lose its power and lose its trust from the people because they weren't able to provide enough rewards for the people who fought, and the damage done was so big that uh, the Kamakura shogunate lost its power. And then from here, there was a different shogunate that was born that was that took over the power from Kamakura, which was the Muromachi shogunate. This is the second shogunate that existed in Japanese history. Now, a really big difference between the um, the Kamakura and the Muromachi shogunate is that the Muromachi shogunate was actually existing near to near Kyoto, the capital where the emperor lived. So that's really one really big difference. Mm -hmm. And this is exactly the reason why um, a lot of culture in Japan um, is focused in Kyoto because during this time period, just like for example, no theater, um, the Golden Pavilion, all these really, mm, what should I say, uh, beautiful, glamorous kind of culture bloomed in um, Kyoto is because thanks to the Muromachi period actually existing in Kyoto for a while. And uh, if I, I need to make this as short as possible because it's already been 10 minutes. But during, before the Muromachi period, there was actually a really long civil war era called the Northern and Southern Dynasties era, where basically the emperor wanted to regain his power from the Kamakura Shogunate, and then there was a you know a different samurai group saying that no, we're going to be carrying on the Kamakura Shogunate, becoming a new shogunate, and there was a really long sixty-year a civil war era. Actually, we're going to be skipping that and talking about that in the main period and main, main video, and then from there we're going to be moving into section three the Sengoku period, samurai fight over Japan. So you would think, okay, so the Muromachi shogunate gained a lot of power and now it's ruling Japan, what happened, you know? There was actually a really, really big civil war w within the Muromachi shogunate too. And I actually talked about this a little bit in the evil women video, <laughs> yeah. But basically there was um, a problem with who is gonna be the next uh, shogun the top leader kind of thing. There was a, a leader called Ashikaga Yoshimasa, which was the eighth shogunate in the uh, Muromachi shogunate. Basically because he didn't have an heir, he didn't have a son, he said, okay, how I'll have my little brother, my younger brother, uh, be the next shogun. But after he made that decision, he actually finally, finally or suddenly had a son. So the mother basically said that Hinotomiko, she's called, said, no, I want 
my son or our son to be the next shogun. And then the little brother said, no, uh, there was a clear decision already made that I'm going to be the next shogun. And then there was a civil war there. And this became the reason why for the Muromachi shogun, shogunate to lose its power. Because this war was really, really devastating. It was a terrible and huge, very, uh, should I say, a very big war that happened that time. And because of that, because of this war, um, the samurai all over Japan were like, okay, so the Muromachi, Muromachi Shogunate is losing its power. How about I go and uh, gain more power and take over Japan? And this is how the Sengoku period started. Now, there were basically a lot of uh, powerful samurai from each region saying that if the Muromachi Shogunate is losing power, it's my turn next. Yeah. And as we all know, of course, there were a lot of powerful samurai warlords at that time, Takeda Shingen, Wizzy Kenshin, uh, Date Masamune, you can just name, name tons of them, right? You know. But of course, the most powerful um, during the Sengoku War period were, of course, Oda Nobunaga, the devil, Totomi Hideyoshi, and Tokugawa Ieyasu, or the three most uh, famous warlords during the Sengoku War period. And Oda Nobunaga was the first uh, warlord to say that I am going to rule all of Japan. Yep. And the reason why he was able to say this um, was because his uh, home city was really close to the capital, Kyoto. So it was a lot easier for him to protect his homeland, but also attack the capital, you know, and also where the Muromachi Shogun was at that time. Yep. So basically, the Oda Nobunaga uh, fought a lot of wars. He and he changed Japan, the politics and everything, all the rules of religion. And he took over. He tried to take over Japan, but he was betrayed by his subordinate, Akichi Mitsuhide, in the... Uh, the, uh, basically he was betrayed, he was killed by a subordinate, but his subordinate was killed by a different subordinate called Toyota Hideyoshi, yeah, which is the second most uh, fam famous among the three war warlords. And Toyota Hideyoshi, of course, took power, but he his rule didn't last that long either. And in the end, as a conclusion, the true victory, um, the true person who was victorious was Tokugawa Ieyasu. And this Tokugawa Ieyasu starts the fourth section, the Edo period. And from here for 250 years, the Edo shogunate basically rules Japan. And samurai, not only is samurai warriors, but they become the highest social class. And during the Edo period, the social class system was basically clearly divided by the system. Mm -hmm. And until then, people who fought in wars were basically samurai. But from the Edo period, basically, you were you needed to be born into the samurai class to be a samurai kind of thing. And the uh, de definition of samurai completely changed from here. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, uh, it had a lot of restrictions in trade and, uh, again, during um, in between classes. There were a lot of rules and such. And the rule, the system that the Edo Shogunate made was so powerful that it was able to maintain peace for 250 years. And as you know, I explain in a lot of my videos, the system that they made during this time, the culture they made at this time, the common sense that they created and nurtured is still was so strong that it's still parts of it is still carried on to Japan and the 250 years of peace also helped all the traditional culture that exists in Japan today to, to prosper mm -hmm, and also to uh, be maintained even in today in Japan's world. 
However, as we all know, the end of the Edo period begins with the major restoration with westernization. The U.S. comes to Japan to force Japan to open its borders for trade because they wanted to hunt whales near the oceans of Japan and they wanted to use Japan's ports as a replenish point for food and water. And this is when the shogunate basically um, gets involved into the civil war saying that we are going to be... Um, basically ruling Japan next because the shogunate was just such a cowardly government and they eventually lose the war against the new government and this is how the samurai um, uh, rule ends and this is the end of the samurai history. I think in the main video I'll explain a little bit more about the Bakumatsu period which is the end of the Edo period too but for this podcast I'll end it here. Thank you so much for listening. I was able to already find a few points that I was uh, getting stuck a little bit with some English words. Um, so I will try to uh, look for that and uh, see. I'll listen to this again myself and see if there's any points that I missed out on and try to add some memos onto the whiteboard. Thank you so much for listening, guys. So then, as I always say, the ultimate goal of my life is to make all Japan lovers' dreams come true. So I know that there's a lot of people um, studying Japanese, willing to come to Japan to travel, study, or work, or even train our traditional culture and such. However, I am very afraid that Japan will not be able to make everyone's dreams come true in the future because we're facing a lot of social problems, we are losing our traditional culture, and the younger generations who are supposed to be carrying on the good things about Japan are dying because of all the social issues being shoved against them. So I want to dedicate my life to try to make Japan a better place. I want to try to solve the social problems, preserve and evolve traditional culture, and also help out the younger generations so they can have a better future. And to do that, my first step is achieve 2 million subscribers by January 2023 on my main channel, so your likes and comments will help to boost my videos to new viewers who have never seen my videos before. It'd be great if you can help me out. Thank you so much, guys. And all the other steps that I have in mind are working. I'm working on them as well. Um, the merchandise are um, all very close to being completed. Also, the stage performances, all, all four of us have decided we're going to be training for the next for the rest of our lives, basically. And also, um, because it seems Japan is going to be opening its borders for, for traveling um, next June. Right now it's May 2020 when I'm recording this. Next month in June, it seems Japan is going to be opening its borders. It's gonna. They said they're going to be ex, uh, ex, accepting, accepting about 10,000 uh, tourists a day. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's going to be really, really great too. And I'm definitely going to be challenging myself in the tourism industry myself. So I hope you look forward to that too. All right. Then, everyone, thank you so much for listening, and I'll talk to you again in the next podcast. Thank you so much.